Welcome to the EFC Podcast. I'm Karen Stiller. Canada Baptist Church in Ottawa is one church of thousands that has been impacted by the requirement to agree to the controversial attestation in the Canada Summer Jobs Grant Program this year. The church recently wrote a letter to its MP to express the situation it now finds itself in, potentially unable to offer the same level of programming to its community, including a growing summer camp ministry to special needs children. As a church, wrote Pastor Bob Davies, we're not fans of being the sour note. We want to focus on and be known for positive, good, and godly things. I hope nothing of my tone in this letter puts you off or makes a future relationship with you difficult. This is one church with one story, representing multiple Canadian congregations from coast to coast. And we welcome Pastor Bob Davies to the EFC podcast. Greetings. Yeah, thanks for uh, talking to us today, Bob. Um, can you walk us briefly through your church's history with the Canada Summer Jobs Grant Program? Yes, indeed. Uh, so over the last uh, several years, uh, we've had um, the opportunity to have the Canada Summer Job Grant uh, support us with a, with a student position during the summer. Originally, it was like an admin position. And as the years have gone by, that's opened up to um, a little bit of other kinds of support. And then about two years ago, uh, we had two young women in our church come to us with the idea of um, starting a summer camp. They wanted to run multiple weeks, and they wanted a very low ratio between leaders and students. So that ran uh, for a couple of years. I think we're going into year four now. And as that's gone on, last year, it, it seemed right that we applied the summer job grant to help expand that ministry. Uh, in particular, uh, it's not just a camp for kids with special needs. But of course, that's the reality of our society is, is we have lots of folks where that's the experience of their family. And so we have had a couple of kids come in that have special needs. And because of that low ratio between leaders and students, we've been able to take that in stride. So we were hoping to be able to expand that this year, the camp last year group. And one of the weeks had up to 30 students in it. And, uh, and so as they're going in this summer, the hope was to be able to expand it a little further. And so how many uh, students had you been able to hire in the last couple of years because of the grant? Last year, we had uh, the person who was the director and then two other full-time students with her, and then also somebody else who came on at a slightly lower level that did a little more, uh, sort of like EA support, okay, <laughs> you know, sure. with different kids in the room. And, uh, and so I think we had three grants that we received last year, and, um, and so that was super helpful with, uh, with some of those different positions. And in your community, uh, because I know you are... Uh, you. You describe yourself in the letter, which I'm going to refer to a bit later on, as a missional church. So this kind of outreach activity is really important to who you are as a church, correct? Absolutely. Um, I do say that in the letter too, right, that that part of who we are as a church is about the things that we do. Yeah. And for us, the definition of hypocrisy would be to separate those. And so when we look at who we are as a church, we're here to be a blessing to Canada or wherever else God sort of helps us be in touch, you know? Mm -hmm. So when you first heard about the attestation coming down the pipe, uh, what were your first thoughts and feelings about it? I think, um, I don't know how you see it, but for me as evangelicals, I think it's a great risk that we, we take the persecuted posture so quick. Okay. And so whenever something shoots at us, boy, you just need defenses go up nowadays. And uh, so I, I had to get through that and then step back and read the attestation and tried to get a clear head about it. Um, and, and so there was the frustration at first 
Um, the, the notion of other rights. What does that mean, right? I mean, it's just poorly defined. Um, the idea that there's a right to abortion, I would say, so far as I understand, we have no law, which means the right doesn't exist. It's just mm -hmm. that there's no law. Right. Uh, and then as well, you know, this, um, this sort of respecting these other rights. What exactly does it mean to respect? And so there was frustration around just the lack of clarity. Mm -hmm. It's just not well defined, at least by any terms that I would recognize. So then you move into the shaking head phase when you think this is just ridiculous. <laughs> and then you land in disappointment. Okay. As it becomes a little more clear what they mean, you think, come on, you know, we're a part of this society too. We have things to offer. We're trying to do good things. Why are you getting in our way? Mm -hmm. you know? And now your church, uh, if I understand it, made application, did not check off the attestation, but provided some kind of alternate, alternate statement. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, both um, certainly from, from you guys at EFC, also the Forces, the Canadian Council of Christian Charities, um, gave some um, counseling on possible ways to approach the situation. And when we talked about that as our leadership, uh, we did go with that kind of model. So we did tick off the box, but then we crossed out part of the attestation. Oh, okay. The particular part about, um, you know, our, our organization's mandate and core mandate. And then we offered a substitute paragraph for that section of the attestation. And, uh, and that substitute paragraph, just based on the one uh, that we saw from the four C's, it was super helpful. Okay. And um, okay. I did modify it a bit to make it appropriate to us, but uh, not substantially. I really appreciated the tone of that paragraph, too. Yeah. And uh, just that the minister doesn't really have the jurisdiction to compel speech. And, um, and so we said that. We affirmed our support of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. We affirm our support of Canadian law. We're not opposed to those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But the kind of language that's in the attestation is not something we can say. Okay. And tell us what happened next. What have you heard back? Uh, at this point, we haven't heard anything except what we're hearing through the press. Okay. Uh, the application submitted, we did do it as a paper application that was mailed in mm -hmm. and then um, included the paragraph and also a letter to the MP. That's the letter that you have there. Okay. Uh, I see. So what are you hoping will happen? It seems very reasonable to me that the things we believe have nothing to do with this kind of grant. And so I'm hoping that they just go, oh, my goodness. <laughs> that might be a bit naive, but, but I do kind of hope that, right? Yeah. Uh, my expectation is if, um, if what we're seeing in the press is, is a fair representation of what's going on behind the scenes, um, that will probably be turned down, mm. uh, that they're not accepting modified statements. Mm -hmm. um, I'm quite sure they have a pile of them. Mm -hmm. And so they'll need to work through what they're going to do with all those. Yeah. And uh, so that's my expectation is we'll hear some sort of denial back at some point. Although there's always a chance that somebody is, uh, to my way of thinking, more right-minded about this. Yeah, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. I know some churches and organizations have been contacted by their MPs to try to, you know, persuade them to correct what they have done and so on. But that has not happened with you yet. Yeah. Okay, in your letter, which uh, we will have posted on the efc.ca website, um, you say a couple of things that I wanted to touch on with you. One of the mm -hmm. statements you make is evangelical Christian faith is not a matter of isolated private beliefs. Can you tell That's me right. yeah, why you shared that and, and what you mean by that? Well, it looks to me like they're trying to make a distinction between um, sort of a people group and what they believe and their values and, and sort of things that you can attach to that label um, as opposed to sort of the actions of that group. 
or the idea that the, the beliefs and the label become sort of a private designation that you don't really need in public, um, that there's some other version of yourself that will act or, or come into the public square. And for, to my way of thinking for evangelicals, that's just impossible. Uh, what we are is, is constituted of the things that we believe in, the things that we do. Yeah. And so the idea of an isolated private belief structure that's withheld from the public square, that just makes no sense to us. Yeah, there really seems to be um, a disconnect between the government's understanding of the religious community in Canada. They don't seem to understand the difficulty with that attestation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, do you know, the, underneath it, once you get to that more disappointment phase, you know, when you're processing, what are they thinking? It, it just smacks of, of people who really do not know. Mm -hmm. They just, it, it's like a group of people getting together, but they just, they've never actually talked to an evangelical. Yeah. Um, or they've, they've bought into all the stereotypes that we see uh, run across television on a regular basis, you know, with, with the worst possible examples in Western society. And, uh, and who we actually are, how we function, what we believe, what we value, mm -hmm. you know, what, what makes us beautiful contributors to society. It's hard not to feel that's lost on. Bob, what will happen if you absolutely do not receive the summer jobs grant? Do you have a backup plan for hiring these students? Yes. Yeah, so what we did, we noticed that another feature of the attestation, which is just uh, the government's prerogative to do, is that the job um, will not exist unless you get the grant. Okay. And so when we applied, we did not apply for our camp director position. Um, we, we've left that um, aside. So the camp director and the camp will run no matter what. The question will be how many counselors can we have on the room, in the room? And that's, that's that low student ratio question for us. So it would mean we have less leaders available to us in the room to, uh, to benefit from those grants. And so we'd have a smaller camp with uh, higher funds Okay. And, uh, and a less ability to work with uh, with kids that require a little more one-on-one -on -one attention. Yeah. Back to your letter, you uh, make a, several strong statements, <laughs> which is one of the reasons it caught our attention. Um, you say, apart from clear violations of Canadian law, the extent of our religious life and activity, including opposition to unjust practices, are not in need of government approval or agreement. Can you unpack that one a little bit for us? Because it is a very clear statement about, you know, this sort of what could be perceived as an overreach by the government. Yeah. To my way of thinking, rights are something that are given by God. Liberty is something that's given by God right in the fabric of creation. And however broken the world might be, um, our role, I think, is to guard that liberty. And so the role of the government, to my way of thinking, is to protect the liberties of individual citizens in a society. Liberties that are given by God, but protected by the state, because that's the state, so it's part of the state's commission. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so in this kind of situation, you get the feeling the state actually thinks it constructs law, or that it's the source of it. And I don't see our liberty that way. Yeah. Uh, we function because of what God has asked us to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm not looking for the government to say, good, bad. Um, if what we do genuinely infringes on someone else's liberty, that is the moment where the state should step in. Yeah. Uh, but that's not who we are, what we're doing, at least not in any way that I can perceive. And so I am looking for government to, to protect those liberties. That's its primary function. Bob, are you at all concerned about what this might indicate um, might come down the road in, in years to come from whatever government is empowering Canada to, you know, to do with religious freedom? Do you know, every time I think of this kind of question, 
yeah, we always have our past experiences, right, as, mm-hmm. as part of what we bring to the table. And um, partially from my academic undergrad experience and some of the people I spoke with back in the early 90s, um, things like charitable status, things like the, the, the proper place of religious organizations in society. If you come from a mindset that, that religious organizations are threatening or illegitimate, it's hard not to feel that these are, are small-scale ways to put in place the kind of precedent that further excludes us from the public square. Yeah. And certainly questions like charitable status, tax exempt status, um, a, a whole variety of other things I think that are probably attached to those and the ways that we function as part of society, uh, that those become problematic. We, you know, we want to be partners with people who are around us, and our partnerships do not need to be with, with other people who share our values and beliefs. Mm-hmm. We can get along with all kinds of people, all truth, God's truth. And to do great things in the world, sometimes you need friends. And, and so I don't see any reason why we can't be that, even in a pluralistic society, even with other people who don't really get their mind around everything we believe. Yeah. Um, there, yeah. There's a good nature in who we are. And I'm afraid that that gets lost, the more that sort of an antagonistic posture is taken by a government, or maybe by a few small, small number of activists who see society differently and want to reshape it intentionally in a way that removes religious influence from it. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of making friends, uh, you end your letter on a very friendly note. You tell your MP that you're not unfriendly and you invite her uh, actually to come and meet with you. You say, we're local to you. Talk to us. Consult with us. Let us show you who we are and what we do. And then you actually invite her to the National Prayer Breakfast, I believe. So I I thought that was really neat. And, um, you know, I think... If you could speak to us just for a moment as we uh, wind up about the attitude that it's important for churches to show right now, because I, I think you've kind of you've nailed it well there when, with your friendly sign off. You know, like I said before, the first reaction for sometimes is too easily that we're hard done by or ready to fight. And I'm as guilty of that um, as surely as anybody else. And, um, and trying to get past that point um, underneath a profound sense that they really don't understand. They, they really do not have their minds around who we are, what we're doing, or why we object. I think there's probably the perception among them that objections to this attestation is just a political stance. But that's really not what's going on. Yeah. And, and a lack of knowledge, responding to that, man, like, come meet me. Sit in my office. Talk mm-hmm. to me. Let me show you the building behind our church. Let, let me talk to you about uh, when we do growing leaders, what we try to do with young leaders to help them develop. Um, you know, all the things that we do as a church, we want them to be able to hear and see that. And, um, and if there's any way to help build that bridge, I would love to do that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Bob, so much for joining us today. Bless you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To listen to more and to subscribe to Faith Today, Canada's Christian magazine, please visit www.theefc.ca forward slash faith today.